So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm Izzy, and I'm super excited to have on my guest today. She's a legend in the industry and someone that, upon some research, I look up to for sure. Uh, And I'm just super excited to have this conversation. So, Priscilla, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was so sweet of you to say. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on to talk about your journey and, like, everything you've worked on, but then also, like the the changes that are coming to not just the industry but to you and and what you're looking forward to in the future but for the people that don't know who you are Priscilla can you give them a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you've done and and what you're looking to do in the future oh wow okay yeah um hi I'm Priscilla and I've been in the industry for about 20 years now started around 2002 2003 um, worked at FUBU, Mecca, you know, doing, uh, outerwear coats, those big old school leather outerwear coats mm. that people used to wear, you know, <laughs> Love it. back in the day. And, um, and yeah, and then from there ended up going to baby fat, working with Kimorley Simmons and, um, designing the, the infamous baby fat jacket that, pretty much everyone had <laughs> at that moment had no idea that that was going to happen that came out of um that was that's a really interesting story that came out of a, a night of just pure necessity and fear actually <laughs> um yeah so ended up doing that from there uh did a, a short stint at academics and prps with don juan and then after that went to sean john spent about I want to say five or six years at Sean John working with Diddy. That was during the making the band time. Damn. That's so dope. if you guys remember that, yeah, it was, it was during that time when they, when that was, that show was pretty hot. Uh, so from there, I also did a little bit of um, licensing work with uh, sports licensing. So working on like the MLB jackets and, um, and a few things like that. After that, um, went to after that actually I quit I I walked out I was I was over it at that time I was so spent so um ended up getting freelance gigs so worked with Under Armour BBC um MIT Media Lab and ended up getting a a production and studio managing freelance gig for Adidas doing the Yeezy season one collection Mm. So, um, so I did that for, for a while. And then from there, I ended up going to China for a few months and creating like a small outerwear collection for like a small company. So basically going up and down the East coast of China. 
And then after that, ended up at, I wanted to come back to the States, so ended up at uh, Reebok. You know, I uh, interviewed for both Adidas Originals and and Reebok and decided to come back to the, to the States to Reebok and was there for about six years um touched on pretty much every category but ended finished ended up finishing with uh collaborations started the pure moss the reebok by pure moss collaboration with kirby and finished with the cardi b collection started that you know doing asset management and like relationship management and then from there took some time off because again that time needed it yeah and currently, I'm now just building the business on the Pierre Moss side for Reebok by Pierre Moss, you know, doing special projects with him and a couple of other different things, but just kind of still taking a little bit of that time for myself, you know, first time in 20 years that I actually stopped for a second, you know, and, and really reassess like what I was doing. So that, yeah, so that's kind of currently what I'm doing, but have done some pretty pretty cool things you know with especially with um with pure boss you know it's been it's been super uh satisfying as far as you know the projects that i've been able to do you know i was able to design the the madam vp coat for her covid ceremony and work on that so that was that was really really ill <laughs> damn that's that's super yeah. super dope yeah so when we talk about like it seems like you're very, very conscious of like overload and knowing you're overloaded and taking that time. And there's a ton of creatives out there that aren't conscious of that and just burn themselves out and then wonder why they aren't producing or anything like that. When did you first realize like, I need to like walk out of this place or I need to take some time off and say, okay, that that's way too much on my plate. I got to slow down take a vacation or something like that. When did you like become conscious of like taking that time for yourself? It's funny that you say that because I'm not conscious about it at all. It sounds uh-huh. like I am in hindsight, but the thing <laughs> is, yeah, in hindsight, it sounds like it. But um, for me, it's always been big life events that have kind of sat me down and been like, okay, it's either this or you, you know, um, the first go around my dad, uh, my dad passed, he got cancer and he passed. Mm. So, um, that was the first time that, that I kind of was just like, you know, I just need a moment. <laughs> like I, I couldn't be in the place that I was anymore. And, and yeah, it kind of just gave me the strength to be like, you know what? I have no idea what's going to happen, but I just, I can't be here. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so it was that and and then the second time around again it was it was more so um getting sick mm-hmm. and i got really 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 sick and um it sat me down for about like a month and and i had a whole month to just kind of really reassess and and really think about what i wanted and what i was doing and so so yeah, so it's those big moments. So I'm actually one of the one of the ones who really don't know how to yeah. stop. Yeah, but um, life happens at times, and and it really makes you rethink. You know, I I think I believe that the universe will send you signs, and will send you signs, and then if you don't get it, it'll send you bigger signs, and then bigger signs to a point where it's like, all right, you need to sit down now. So I'm gonna do something to make you sit down. Hmm. So that's kind of what happened, but um. 
but yeah, it's a lot of designers, a lot of people in the industry, not only designers, but different, all parts of the industry. You know, we, we live in a time and in a place where we just need to produce. Someone once told me that, you know, you're only as good as your last collection, you know, mm. and, and, and that always stuck with me. And I think that I've kind of lived by that in the back of my head. So I, I constantly feel the need to, to have to produce something else or to constantly stay relevant or to, uh, to give more of myself over to, to the world, I guess, and, and feel validated by that. And it's, um, I think it's something that a lot of people in the industry struggle with. You know, especially here, like in America, it's, it's always like more and more and more. Like, what did you do? What did you, you know, what have you done? And and it ends up being, um, at least for me, at times, it's ended up being hard to kind of like decipher, like, wait, who am I without this? Did you as a child want to be a designer? Like, what? where did this influence, like, did this come to fruition randomly or was this like a lifelong dream? Of yourself. So I've always, um, I used to always cut up my mom's clothes, like, especially like her designer clothes when I was younger. And I used to get in a lot of trouble. I was about to say, <laughs> oh my gosh. I used to get <laughs> so much trouble. Oh my goodness. But you could never, I could never be around a pair of scissors and, and material because I was always cutting things up. And I didn't really know what that meant as a child. You know, as a child, I, um, I come from a family where it's like, oh, you have to go to school. You have to, you know, be great in academics and, you know, get your education and all that. But but anything that had to do with art or music or something that wasn't the norm back then mm -hmm. um, wasn't uh, encouraged. So so I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I knew that I wanted to do something within the industry of clothes. I also come from, you know, a place where, a lot of the things that people had, like I didn't have and I couldn't get. So I always wanted, you know, I always always say to myself that, you know, when I get older, I'm going to have all these things. Right. And I'm going to be able to get the things that I want and give people that don't have it, these things. And I didn't know how. Right. Um, and then uh, once I got into college, I, at that time, there wasn't, different avenues that you could take. It was either just like fashion merchandising, being a buyer, being like a stylist or being a designer, right? I never thought that I could be a designer, even though I was always drawing stuff. I'm, I'm good at sketching. So I would do that since I was little. And, but I ended up starting off in marketing and merchandising. Mm. And then my textiles teacher at FIT, actually, as I went to FIT, um, one of the schools I went to, he, I would constantly sit in the back of the class, right, and and doodle in the back of the class. Like he would, <laughs> he would talk about materials, and I'd take a material and I like would start doodling and, and drawing and stuff. And I think he finally got so fed up with me not paying attention to him, or kind of just sitting in the back of the room, just with my head down. <laughs> <laughs> so um he finally came up to me one day and he like tapped me on the shoulder and I was like oh yes <laughs> and he's like go to the office and I was like what what did I do <laughs> and he's like go to the office go to the admissions office he's like change your major he's huh. like change it to design he's like you're not meant to be here and I was like 
but wow but, but yeah so it was him that kind of like propelled me to change it into design so i i listened to what he said i went to the office and i was like i don't even know if i can do this if i know how but um but yeah that's how design started for me the fact of the matter is like it's crazy how the your teacher at the time or professor at the time that one react the way he reacted really shaped your future and he could have reacted something a, a completely 180 and told you like hey pay attention you you need to get an a in this class or whatever but instead of that he took it as took your time there and took it as like damn i need to mentor her to doing something else because she's not supposed to be doing this that's that's yeah awesome. and it's crazy because like i was just gonna say like I really didn't pay attention in that class. So like, I can't even remember his name at the time, you know, like, and I wish that I could go back and, and say thank you, like wherever he was, you know, wherever he is and, and yeah. just kind of thank him for that, you know, and, but honestly, like, I can't even remember his name, which is crazy. <laughs> you're, you're actually the second designer um, in two weeks that I've had on the podcast, uh, Jess Dalton, which is a future episode of... Doc Martens uh, told me that uh, she actually went into textiles. She got her degree in textiles, um, and she thinks that um, that helped shape her. Um, but you're the second designer that I've had on in recent weeks that has had a, a focus, even if it was just for a short time, on textiles to start. Yeah, well, what's funny is because materials and textiles is is one of my like first loves. You know, I'm I'm extremely well versed in textiles, how to make them, you know, their characteristics and how they work with um, the body and the movement of them. So that's how I that's how I always start when it comes to design. Yeah. When I'm trying to create something, I need to touch things. I need to feel them. I need to like I'll close my eyes and I'll touch something. I'll be able to tell you like the weight of it, what like the foundation text like fibers in it. And and I'll, I can see things in my head when I touch material. Huh. That's yeah. a gift. That's yeah. awesome. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I would uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, since you brought it up, um, how was the, the design process, at least what you can tell me? I don't want to get you in trouble, but what was it like with Madam VP? Like, was there much input on her side? Um, she, I can say that there was a little bit of input, right? Like, she just kind of told us what she liked, but very open. It was actually very, very open. She trusted, like, the people that were working on it, I guess, and, and trusted that we could give her what she, she liked. They, they did tell us, like, okay, likes this, doesn't like this, you know, and, and kind of worked around that. And we gave her options, that was that was gonna be my next question the the process of designing during covid and you you mentioned like you you touch something and you can see things and i'm guessing there was times where you you couldn't really touch things but you still had to design did did a process during covid like did that come up at all and did you have to kind of trust your gut in 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 the design process on a certain type of material or look or anything like that Absolutely. Um, so many times, even still now, you know, when we talk, like, this is when I actually really, really sit down and I'm grateful for the years of experience that I've had and for really loving materials and really knowing them. Because when, when someone tells me, like, I'll ask them, I'm like, what do you want it to look like? Like, how do you want it to feel? Um, you know, and they'll start telling me and then I can start 
I like I start knowing like what materials to put things in because because of the way that they tell me okay I want it to feel like this I want it to be flowy and loose but I want it to you know be breezy like all those little keywords are are super important because then from there I can start analyzing in my head like okay let's we can go this way but we don't want to go that way but then, then I start asking other questions you know when I start thinking of different things and materials in my head so I start asking other questions it's kind of like you know one of those like tree map things that they ask you a question it's like yes no and then <laughs> depending on what you say it's like where it goes yeah. and then it starts like breaking out from there that's so that's basically the process in my head of how that works but um but yeah it definitely has it's been a, it's been a true test of my my knowledge so your background is, I guess the best term uh, to put it and use is, is extremely diverse. And um, in recent weeks on the podcast, we've been talking to um, different uh, people from different backgrounds and everything like that and, and how their their creative um, energy is really how it comes about. Um, I talked to somebody last week um, on the island in Puerto Rico and we were going back and forth and they said that their their design and their creativity really comes from them going into a, a junque and and walking through walking through the rainforest um you yourself are half Puerto Rican correct I am yes as as a Puerto Rican what what would you tell to the people on the island that feel like Hey, I'm super, super creative, but I feel like there's not an opportunity for me here. Would you tell them, like, give them any advice? Wow. Well, first I would tell them, you know, to to never lose sight of who they are and and in knowing that that creativity is there. You know, we're all cultural alchemists and and to always remember that to not let somebody else's opinions or, or anything that, that they say, you know, take that away from you. The second thing that I would tell them is, you know, really, really reach out to and and search, you know, for different opportunities in different places. You know, I know that the island is a source of inspiration and it's, um, it's where they find life, but to try to go outside of it you know, to, to find those opportunities so that you can come back and bring that back to the island, you know, so that you can come back and impact change. What do you, uh, what do you want to master next? Like what's in the future for you? Well, what's in the future for me? Like, I, I believe that it's more, um, it's more helping, you know, guiding, mentoring, providing, um, a community in a space where creative excellence and, authenticity is is allowed you know um uh, like I was telling you before I I feel a deep intense responsibility to to pass on the knowledge that I have in my head you know to be there for and mentor younger designers who are just starting out um because I didn't have that when I was younger you know so really really watching others express themselves creatively and the joy that that brings them brings me so much joy you're gonna crush it what uh yeah what what makes you strange on purpose oh my goodness what makes me strange on purpose you want to know what's really funny actually i'm gonna shout out somebody here but one of my best friends chad he um he reposted the 
the post that you had done, right? And he's like, you're definitely strange. He's like, but I'm not sure if it's on purpose. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, rolling eyes emoji. Um, but what makes me strange on purpose? You know what? It's funny because actually I really don't think it's on purpose sometimes. I, um, I can only be like authentically myself. And every day for me is different, right? Um, some days I feel like an imposter. Some days I feel like I'm meant to be here. Some days I feel completely nutty and have no idea what's going on. Some days I feel, you know, like yeah. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. So so being able to live that and be who I am and, and have that voice and still have still have people kind of resonate with that is is pretty incredible. You know, um, I've always been alone. Like I've always been on my own since I was like a kid. So I've always had to do everything on my own. And I think in that I've always been the way that I've been. So, and every day for me is different. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's an on purpose thing. It's just kind of me and that's just the way that it is. And if you don't like it, then I don't know what to tell you. Priscilla, where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can people check out your work or, or follow along in, in your next next step of the journey um i'm super old school so i'm not really good on on all the <laughs> all the social platforms <laughs> but mostly instagram it's the easiest one for me awesome yeah i'll have i'll have that linked in the description um in any of the social platform or podcast platforms that anybody is listening to right now it should be linked well i appreciate you jumping on the strange on purpose podcast and i look forward to the next stop in the journey step in the journey i should say Yes, thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Strange on Purpose. If you haven't already, make sure to give us five stars, four stars, anything under three, keep it to yourself on the App Store. And check us out on Instagram at Strange on Purpose, strangeonpurpose.co on our website. And follow our guests today. It would mean the world to them. Thanks again.